What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Abundant Journey podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We got a special guest lined up, Joey Lawrence. He's coming to us from Yakima, Washington. And we're going to dive into Yakima because probably most people haven't heard of Yakima, unless you're maybe a beer enthusiast because there are most of the hops in the nation are grown there. But let's before we get into that, Joey, welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Excited to share what we've been working on for a few years now. Um, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Well, Joey, you and I got introduced with a colleague of mine. He's a banker as well. And uh, clearly, you know, we like hanging around good people. So let's <laughs> dive into your story here today. Tell us kind of where you grew up, who you are, and, and just kind of take it away wherever you want. Yeah, no worries. Um, I tell people that uh, weird ideas come from weird places, and that's no different for me. Uh I grew up uh, not in a surfing household. I actually grew up in a um, suburb of Seattle called Woodenville, Washington. Uh, not a lot of surf breaks out in Woodenville. Uh, so <laughs> I grew up actually focused on gymnastics of all sports. Uh, and so I did gymnastics from the age of three and a half to 25, uh, including doing it at UW, uh, where I got a business degree and then chased a. a kind of a USA championship dream a few years after college. Ended up rupturing my bicep, the meet before the qualified meet. Uh, and so uh, I found myself with a lot of free time. Uh, my dad back in the day had showed me the Endless Summer videos, movies. And I tell people, I'm not sure if it's the um, adventure or if it's the surfing, but something had me hooked. Uh, and so once I was done with gymnastics, I packed my bags up and I moved to Australia. I did a year-long work and a holiday visa in Australia. It was there that I realized I could turn a hobby of scuba diving into a profession. And so I came back from that year in Australia with uh, my dive master certification, uh, a plan to go get my instructor license, and unfortunately, one really bad experience underwater, which will affect the story a little later. Uh, so I moved back uh, stateside into my parents' basement. I, was, I needed to raise some money for that scuba instructor license. And one of my buddies, Kevin Smith, and his family were just getting Bailbreaker Brewing started over in Yakima. Uh, they were about a year into it, uh, and they needed some help and back. So I came over to Schlepp Kegs and worked the canning line and, and pour beers in the tap room. Uh, and it was there that I, I really fell in love with Yakima. That was back in 2014. Um, Yakima has, unfortunately, a little bad reputation. Uh, and so getting to kind of embed myself in Yakima and see the places that most people don't get to see, uh, I just fell in love with the place. But I had a goal, and that was to go scuba dive instruct uh, all around the world. Uh, and so after I was done in Yakima, I was planning on moving to the Maldives for a scuba instructor course. I went to the doctor for a physical and they found a big old tumor inside of me. Uh, and so uh, that put me off course a little bit, uh, but my nickname is the luckiest of the unlucky for a reason, uh, because <laughs> when things go bad, they go pretty good for me. So uh, the tumor ended up being benign, uh, but it set me off course a little bit. Uh, in the interim, I got to do a, a couple of summers up in Alaska, guiding ATV tours, 
which was awesome. Uh, but then it was finally time for me to head to the Maldives. I was all healthy again, off to the scuba instructor course. And I think it was the time out of the water uh, combined with that poor experience. Uh, it made me realize pretty quickly that I wasn't going to be able to be responsible for other people down under the water. Uh, I could get myself down. Uh, I could struggle. I could get down myself, but uh, being responsible for other people's health and safety, it was just too big of a risk. Um, and so I was standing on the island of Kuhura in the Maldives uh, in the Tropic Surf uh, Shack, and I saw an Instagram video posted by Kelly Slater, uh, and it was December of 2015. He posted his big wave surf technology for the first time. And as soon as I saw it, I knew exactly where it was supposed to go. I knew exactly what we were supposed to call it. Uh, and so at the age of 29, I moved home from the Maldives and into my parents' basement and started writing a business plan. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the backstory of, of how we got to the idea. Like I said, not a direct path. <laughs> I uh, I love I mean, just that's such a cool story. Um, just for the the listener that, that might not be super familiar with the Kelly Slater Big Wave surf technology, as well as just, okay, the vision. Like, you see that video. It does the soul good to hear Kelly Slater's name again. It's been a little while. Um, the guy's such a legend. But the guy. I, uh, <clears throat> oh, absolutely. And uh, But I'd love to just hear, okay, so you see that video, and what exactly is it that, that you're inspired to to do? Uh, yeah, so I see this video, and so for those that don't know, Kelly Slater, I think he's 11-time world champion. Um, he's still surfing on the world tour at 51, uh, so he's, I mean, he is an anomaly. Uh, and so his technology came out, um, and actually I have, I am now using a different big wave technology after trying to pencil it out. Um, but what that, what that video showed me was that you can put a perfect wave anywhere. And that allows a kid that grew up in Woodenville to be able to learn how to surf. Mm. And so I tell people I'm, I'm coming at this kind of from a different approach where a lot of people are building these in traditional surfing locations, San Diego, Florida, Hawaii. And my whole point is that I think these things should be used to give people accessibility to the sport that haven't ever had it. The Midwest, Yakima, uh, Reno, places like that. Um, and so, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I, I knew that the nickname uh, of Yakima is the Palm Springs of Washington, which everybody hates. Um, but you will find that the uh, Palm Springs, Palm De Desert area is kind of the center of the uh, artificial wave universe. And so I was just thinking, I was like, well, we've got a Palm Springs in Washington and nobody's even thinking about putting a wave there. So, um, uh. yeah, so I moved over permanently again in 2017 um, and started looking for a property that fit my vision. Like I said, it was, you can see the very first iteration that I drew out on a piece of graph paper and you can compare it to the one that we're currently working with. There have been some tweaks, but it was it's pretty much uh, the same. Uh, and one of the real keys for me in my site selection was Surfrider Magazine did a uh, survey asking surfers, what is the number one criteria when determining your next surf destination? The number one answer was a pristine natural environment. 
And so I'm recognizing that I'm making an artificial wave, but I wanted to try to give them uh, a unique location setting because I know that's very important to my customer base. And so this is where I also differ a little bit from, from a lot of people. A lot of people are building these in port districts and next to highways, highly accessible as you would like a traditional water park. I tell people they shouldn't think of these like water parks. They should think of them as summer ski resorts is how I kind of frame it. And, um, and as a result, I don't think they should be close to, to big highways or in, uh, in uh, airport landing uh, zones or anything like that. Uh, and so we found a piece of property that's off the beaten path, up in the Yakima Ridge, has an amazing view of Mount Adams. Uh, mm. And yeah, right behind us is the Yakima Training Center, which is like 160,000 acres of non-developed land. Uh, and so, yeah, we're trying to give that pristine natural environment while recognizing we're, we're making an artificial wave. <laughs> You know, I want to I want to bounce backwards a little bit here, and we're going to dive in more of kind of your journey through going from idea to where you are today, and where where do you need to get to? But let's go back a little bit to the beginning of your story here. You mentioned that you had done gymnastics for years, so gymnastics to scuba to surfing, clearly athletic, clearly something that you're passionate for. I'm just kind of wondering, you know. As you set out here to do the surf and create this, I mean, there's the business side, there's the entrepreneur side. For you, was that something you grew up with? I mean, clearly, you know, the, we all know the, the lessons in terms of athletes, the commitment, the discipline. You know, what are some things that really you learned through those years of gymnastics or maybe some entrepreneurial things you can kind of tie back in your story to where you are today? Sure, sure. So, uh my dad has always been, uh, he's been a, a, a startup salesman, so he's always kind of jumped from startup to startup. So it's been, it's been a known uh, thing in my, in my world. Um, but as far as gymnastics had a, an absolute monumental effect on this even coming to be. And the reason why I tell people is in gymnastics, you can think something, a skill is impossible. And then some guy shows up and does it and puts his name on it. And so there is no ceiling. I, I tell people gymnastics is like the most extreme sport of traditional sports because like extreme sports, there's no ceiling on how many flips and twists that you can do. Same in gymnastics. Um, and so it, it, uh, it tests your notion of what is possible and what isn't possible, at least for the human body. Uh, and, and, I would say the human body seems to come out on top for quite a bit. It, uh, every time somebody's been like, oh, that's, that's never going to happen. A, a, a double twisting Kovacs, never going to happen. Now you're going to see it, pretty much every gymnast in the 2024 Olympics do it on high bar. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, the, that idea that uh, anything is possible uh, really kind of allowed the doors to be wide open for me. Um, and then my brother, uh, my older brother has been working in real estate development for the last like 20 years. Um, and so between my dad, my brother and, and myself, we kind of figured out a path forward. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we, the real, the hardest part was finding the land, to be honest. Like I said, that took three years. Um, and what ended up being hugely important is 
I had moved over during those three years and I was working as the bail breaker taproom employee. Uh, so I was embedded with the community. I still am still pouring beers down there. If you guys want to come down anytime, nice. <laughs> uh, I love it. Take you up yeah, on that. Uh, and so embedding myself with the community got me to the guy I got my land from, got me to the water rights lawyers that I use the best in the County, got me to the best land use attorney in the County. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was all about embedding myself into the community for sure. Yeah, I love the that spirit of being embedded in into a place. Um, it's funny, Nick and I are talking about purchasing a property in a community that's about an hour away from us to to do some light development, some self storage kind of thing. But um, we don't live there; we don't know it, <laughs> and uh, so you know the the relational connections are, are awesome. Um, what have you found as far as with embedding yourself in the community in terms of entrepreneurial uh, inspiration? Has it confirmed your idea? Have there been challenges along the way? I mean, it's it was interesting. We were talking about before the show that this dream really came to you um, back in 2015, and that's kind of when you put the ball into motion. And so this has been a, a long building process of just um, – you know, getting the idea out in front of people, getting the land. You said three years of searching for land. Um, and so how, I don't know, how has your, your community support there helped you keep going? Or what are the things that, you know, keep you moving forward when we live in a world where so many entrepreneurs are like, if it doesn't happen in three or four months, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I tell people stubbornness is my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. We all got to be good at something, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, as far as uh, embedding myself in the local community, um, that really helped us, uh, especially during our last couple of entitlements to land use and the water use. Um, because at our land use hearing, there were a, a lot of NIMBYs that, that aren't uh, super excited about my location choice. Um, but we also had probably twice as many pros there at, at the hearing, uh, there to support, uh, the project. And so, um, the one thing I, I, I do wish, uh, I do wish some of the deep pockets in, in the Yakima Valley might be a little more generous, uh, (laughs) or at least, uh, take a meeting with me. Um, so I've kind of hit a roadblock at the moment. Um, but, but the general consensus has been very uplifting, very supportive, um, they're all just looking for something that they can point to and be proud of in their valley because there's been a lot of people piling on this this poor valley for a long time. And so um, I tell people I think it could be the Bend Washington or, or the Bend Oregon of Washington, the, the yeah. outdoor recreation hub, the, the kind of jumping off point for all the Central Cascades, uh, yeah. the Lower Columbia Valley, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question on that. Totally. Well, I mean, I love having the vision for the community that's beyond just the one, you know, the business that you're looking to build. Um, what is the the name? You said you came up with the perfect name for it, and I meant to circle back and just ask so I can refer to it instead of just generic business. Um, yeah, no problem. What, okay, what so you got our, for the name? Uh, we, we have gone with uh, the Barreled Surf Park, uh, Barreled and surf so park. that... The reason why we love that name is it is a uh, tip of the cap to the local industry craft beer that 
oh, yeah. Nick mentioned. There's also a big, pretty big wine culture in the area. Uh, but then it's also uh, getting barreled in surfing is riding the cr- crashing tube, kind of the pinnacle uh, surf maneuver. I have yet to experience it myself. I'm not a good surfer. Uh, <laughs> I, I just love it. And I honestly saw a business opportunity that, that I tell people I think this is, will be as impactful as indoor climbing gyms or like when they started putting ice hockey arenas in in malls and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this has a chance to, to really – uh, tilt uh, uh, the future of outdoor rec a little bit. Totally. So the Barreled Surf Park, I love that. And I love how uh, your vision for the Barreled Surf Park fits into a, a larger vision that you have for um, Yakima and that whole valley and and what could come. And it's funny you mentioned the rock climbing gyms. I was a competitive rock climber before kids and uh, uh, now now I'm way heavier than I would like to be. And it's not nearly <laughs> as easy as it was. Up, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, that was, as you were talking about your idea, that was the first thing that came to mind because there's such a strong culture and then rock gyms just blew up um, because there's only so many uh, Colorados and uh, speaking of bend, um, you know, outdoor natural rock climbing uh, spots. So, well, and, and similar to a rock climbing gym, um, this will be a stepping stone. My goal, ultimately, with scuba diving in this was to introduce people to the ocean. I think the ocean is a magical place. I tell people, if you don't believe in aliens, go for a scuba dive, and that will change your mind. Um, <laughs> and so what I see these facilities really being is kind of an intermediate stepping stone between, between the guy that's scared of sharks and the ocean. Yeah. Um, and I tell people... Instead of what, what I see happening quite a bit is if you're going to go on a Hawaiian vacation and if you know how to surf, come get in paddle muscle shape with us before you go over to Hawaii. But if you don't know how to surf, come spend those hard hours getting rolled in the white water at our spot. And then so when you go to Hawaii, you can actually go and enjoy surfing. Um, and so I, I, think, uh, I think the bread and butter of these places are going to be the introduction to surfing, the two-hour lesson that gets somebody to stand on a board. Um, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hoping this facility really is. Yeah. Joey, I want to kind of ask you in terms of, we hear a lot in entrepreneurism and, and business startups, there's usually a pretty significant why for people. And you, you just kind of touched on it a little bit about introducing people, getting them comfortable with the magical place of the ocean, which I love. I'm curious, though, you know, you're looking on, you've been at this journey for eight years. You are where you are at this point. And Nick said it. A lot of times people give up or they don't, they're not even willing to jump in. They're not even willing to go for their dreams. So one, for you, what's the big why? What's kept you going and grinding through a lot of rejection, a lot of conversations that don't go anywhere. So one, what's kept you going, but two, maybe what would be some words of encouragement for people who are on the sidelines and have a, have a dream or have a goal and they've not been willing to take that first step. Uh, yeah. So it has been a long journey. Uh, there have been a lot of no's. Um, I tell people, I, I, the reason why I chase this so hard is I tell people that I, when the cannabis industry first got uh, went public and, and legal, that was 
I missed that it, it basically an introduction to a completely new industry. I was not I didn't have my shit together. Now I see this as my next great chance at being on the spear tip of a brand new industry. Um, and so, yeah, that, that is, that is a drive in itself. Now, why I've uh, been at it for so long. Uh, I, if, if you believe you're right, you got to chase it. Uh, and I, I, I believe I'm right. And I think I have the data to back it up. Um, actually, when I put my foot on the gas on this thing was about, what was that, the summer of 2016. I had stood outside the Newport ski swap um, right before ski season opened and I was just surveying people there back at my high school, back at UW. And I asked people, how many of you guys participate in snow sports? It's about 50% across the board. Then I asked how many of you guys are interested in trying surfing or continuing your surf journey? 75% across the board. So in an area where skiing is king, there's 26 ski resorts, there's over 10 million ski visits in our target area. I've got 25% more interest in the sport that I'm selling. Uh, and so that, those numbers, yeah, made me, they were, they were uh, outstanding enough that I couldn't ignore them. And so, um, yeah, plus I like to be in charge, so. I got, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find something to do where I get to be in charge, right? <laughs> Said like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. <laughs> what, uh, what are some of the? I mean, you've you mentioned the the lot of no's, um, but what are some of the big uh, the challenges or things that have surprised you along the way in this? Uh, journey that maybe would be helpful for others that they have a dream, a vision, um, they believe that they're right and they should be prepared to face. Yeah. Um, so it obviously depends on the industry that they're pursuing uh, for real estate development, stuff like this specifically. Um, the the best I, advice I can give is read the damn rules. <laughs> read read the rules uh because it is um it is a whole lot easier to fit your project into existing rules than change existing rules to fit your project um and so we we found that out uh with the water um i am from the west side of the state where we do not fight for water uh but over here there there it took us over two years and um a whole lot of of regulatory oversight by the Department of Ecology. They went all the way back to like satellite photos from the 80s um, to make sure we were using all the water and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, my, my, my biggest thing is if you're trying to get into the real estate development world is definitely uh, read the rules uh, because once you get the entitlements and, and this has really been what my business journey has been about is I recognize that my resume is not the best. <laughs> and so I have been in order for me to convince these guys to write a check that's big enough to get this thing built. I needed to stack my legitimacy. I needed to basically rent other people's legitimacy. And so that's, that's why I got the best land use lawyers, best water rights lawyers. I think I chose the best wave technology, which is wave garden, a Spanish company. Um, what else? Yeah, and then I and then we had the project appraised by Colliers International, 
Um, again, so that way I, when people come at me and go, it's not worth that much, I go, well, it's not just me that's saying it's worth this much. It's the Wave Garden team, which was also looked over by Collier's International team, who they have a lot of experience with operating parks. They couldn't tell me the actual data because they're, uh, they're, they're signing NDAs with those operating parks, but they could compare the numbers and locations. And, and, and so, yeah, my, my goal through this entire process, uh, especially being somebody without a lot of history uh, in entrepreneurship and real estate development, really in anything, uh, I knew that, that in order for me to convince somebody to write a big check, I needed to stack my legitimacy. And I did that by hooking my wagon to, to operations that already have that legitimacy. It's really smart. It's good advice. It is, it is smart. And, you know, it makes me think too. I mean, we talk a lot about how we're always selling, right? And not in a bad way, but you're, you're selling yourself, you're selling your legitimacy, you're selling your ideas, your visions, your dreams. And you got to see that modeled by dad with his startups and, the ways that he was involved in those, you know, speak a little bit more to that. It sounds like a lot of what you've had to do is really vision cast and inspire and then provide evidence that this is going to be valuable, provide evidence that this is going to work. And I love how you've attacked it from a lot of angles. Not only is this a hobby and it's something that you find passion in, but you know, you've, you've had to attack it from the business angle. Hey, this is going to be lucrative for the community. It's going to better the community, bring more traffic in. And so, you know, there's a lot of different angles. I think that you've had to really think through this and you've done that creatively, but maybe just speak more to the role that you've had to play in, in catching people and, and trying to get them on board with the vision. Cause I think a lot of times that's what entrepreneurism is, is you got to get people to believe in what you're trying to do. Yeah. I, uh, I tell people that my actual job description is just a professional follow-upper. I just send follow-up emails over and over and over again until somebody, somebody responds. Um, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's been particularly challenging at, at this moment in time because I am fundra- this this fundraise round that I am in the midst of. Generally speaking, the other projects basically raise that money locally, regionally. The guy that's building one in Myrtle Beach, he found a guy in Myrtle Beach to back him. The guy that's in Virginia Beach found a guy in Virginia Beach to back him. My biggest challenge at the moment is that... Uh, the deep pockets in in Yakima are tied to uh, ag, and ag has no interest, zero interest in turning their hometown into a tourist destination. And so, it has been incredibly difficult. When I first got over to Yakima in 2017, I was still dealing with the older generation. Um, but as I've been here long enough, the next generation is transitioning. Guys about my age, maybe a little older, are taking over the ag, over the ag business, and getting through to them that this is not only a good thing for the community, but a good thing for themselves and their families for, to get to grow up around. Um, 
Yeah, that, I'm I'm working on that one still. I haven't I haven't landed somebody yet, but but uh, but yeah, the generational shift that is occurring in ag, I think, will be helpful to me. But um, but yeah, there there are definitely a lot of no's coming from that direction. Um, so yeah, it's it's just interesting, like being the the pioneer in something. I mentioned that. Um, you know, Nick and I are looking at self-storage, but uh, self-storage has been well-established and pioneered. And so as, as we uh, talk among ourselves or among others, it's like everybody's got a, a category um, pretty easily for that. And so, I mean, I love the, the role that you're having to do of casting a, a vision uh, for people of what it is that, that you're building, uh, what that means for the community, what that means for youth, the op- opportunities that that opens up. And that, you know, if uh, you're creating something that has a lot of legs to run once it's it's up and going, which is really cool. I I would love to hear a bit about the the kind of team of people around you. You've mentioned through the community how you've had amazing um, uh, some lawyers, uh, land development help, but even just in terms of like, all right, you got this huge vision. How do you distill that down? How do you market that? What other people have you had to bring in? Are you using like virtual assistants or anything when it comes to trying to reach out to folks? Or, or what are some of those like practical tips that it's just like, okay, uh, this is a huge thing to take on. Who do you need most to help you? Uh, or ha- who's been most helpful, I should say. Yeah, uh, and just really to touch on one point about the uh, self-storage, that is one of the biggest challenges for me is is I am not a startup, and so I cannot promise you the hockey stick returns that you see in, in uh, Shark Tank pitches. But I'm also not a traditional real estate play. I'm, right. I'm not an apartment building. I'm not a big box building. And so finding somebody that kind of understands surf economics is really what I'm, I'm, I'm on the hunt for is somebody that, that understands and realizes the driver that surfing can be. Um, but as far as the rest of the team, uh, this is, um, this is very much a me, myself, and I. Okay. Yeah, you're <laughs> I mean, doing I do it all. An, I do have a seed investor uh, group okay. that I, I bounce off. Uh, those are friends and, and family. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, uh, it is at this moment in time, just... Uh, you're wearing all the here hats. Here he is. Here he is. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. That's yeah, so there great. Are, I, I would love... There are a few hats that I would love to give up, but... First, I gotta pay somebody to do that. Hey, we uh, we know that. I uh, <clears throat> well, one day the podcast will get to the point where uh, we're hiring somebody else to do the editing. The editing. Until then, <laughs> until then, it's it's me late at I night. I don't know what you're talking about. I've already <laughs> hired somebody to do the editing. <laughs> Is that me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, uh, no. you. Yeah, that's yeah, it. exactly. No. <laughs> No, that's good. Well, you know, and, and thinking back on your journey here, Joey, and I love that you just talk about how you're wearing multiple hats. I'm curious, what are some, maybe some lessons you've learned along the journey? Perseverance, persistence, inspiration, all of those are things we've talked about. But 
Maybe are there other lessons you've learned along the way that you'd want to share with folks getting started? And and maybe part two to that is, maybe would there be anything you'd tell yourself if it was uh, 2015, 2016 again, and you were getting started on this journey again? What, maybe what, what would you share with yourself? Um, definitely the number one thing I would share with myself is be patient. Uh, especially in this real estate development world that I've entered myself into, especially trying something new for the first time that the regulators aren't fully familiar with. Um, yeah, be patient with them and your team. It's just, it's, it's a big ship takes a long time to turn. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, yeah, along those same lines, just do your homework. It's again, I can't, I cannot reiterate um, the number of times that I actually ended up correcting the regulators um, <laughs> was surprising to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, you just got to kind of realize, especially with the regulatory process and really the investment process, it's easy to say no. There is almost no, there's not really any work after you said the word no. Uh, and so they're going to tell you no the first five times that you show up and then you might, and then they might uh, listen to you the sixth time. But, um, but yeah, just knowing that it's very easy to say no. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. just take it with a grain of salt. It doesn't mean no forever, I would say. That's, that's so good. And I, I just think so many people need to hear that because we expect that the path is going to be clear for us. And even to your point, you know, there there's so many times where we dive into stuff just because it sounds cool or it seems like a great idea. And we don't know the amount of work that it's going to take. And we don't educate ourselves. And And there's a lot of people we've talked with that have really hurt themselves because they didn't do their homework. They didn't learn their craft well. And so I I think the perseverance, the persistence, and I think the lessons learned um, have been super valuable. So those, those are great. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other, the final one, um, it's just utilize your network. Just lean, like, I mean, ask, (laughs) ask, ask all your friends if they know anybody that, that can help you in any way and and it's amazing the the world is a lot smaller place than than you you think it is um and it's amazing who those connections who who that guy you went to college with knows who that that uh your buddy at your first job knows um yeah just utilize because that'll get you access to information that generally speaking you either have to pay for or have to hire an outside consultant for um, and so, yeah, especially if you're an entrepreneur bootstrapping it like I am, um, uh, yeah, utilize your network and people, people generally, uh, have a lot of respect and, um, a lot of that they're motivated to help guys that are guys and gals that are going for it. Um, I think a lot of people want to be a part of that journey. Um, and so, yeah, be willing to ask for help and be willing to accept as much help as somebody will give you. <laughs> yeah.
That's awesome. We've uh, we've certainly benefited uh, from growing our our network and tapping into to those kinds of friends, and hopefully even through the the podcast, there'll be uh, some people here that that have uh, connections and are you know this gets their mind going, and they're like, hey, I that, I think I might be able to help or know somebody that that could. So we'll uh, as we get to the end, we'll definitely make sure that we get all your contact uh, information and. and Put that down in the the show notes. Um, I uh, I was thinking too, like with this process that you've been on building the dream. One of the proverbial challenges for most entrepreneurially minded people is the shiny object syndrome. And so you kind of get going on one idea, but then another idea pops up and it's like, oh, maybe I'll actually change it and do that. And so it's really impressive to me that what you were saying that um, you sketched out the vision in 2015 and uh, and started putting together things for the park and how it's it's really not changed all that much from what the original vision was. Is that something that you've had to cultivate a lot of discipline to not chase after a million different rabbits? Um, is that something in just the way that you're wired? How do you, or, or do you feel like that is a struggle to stay singularly focused? Um, I, uh, it's not a struggle for me. I think it's a struggle for a lot of people that are interested in the park going, why aren't there water slides? Why aren't there inner tube rides? Oh, why sure. aren't there, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I'm I'm a I'm a big believer that if what what's the old saying that if a if they invent something to do things two different ways and it's just bad at two two different things or whatever yeah. it is yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. I'm butchering it I know but uh, but that's kind of the approach that 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 I took about with this was I'm already going to be juggling enough revenue streams that I need to keep this as simple as possible. The other piece is I think the more simple you can keep things, the easier it is to talk to your market. Um, and I, I know there was already going to be quite a bit of confusion around the surf park n- title. Um, and so, yeah, just <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of, I've worked in hospitality long enough to, to, um, to know that people on vacation uh, aren't utilizing all of their brain. <laughs> and so it is it is all about keeping it simple for those folks that just show up and and um yeah want to want to click off for a little bit yeah that's good i i think the other thing that you said earlier speaks to what nick is asking in that you said hey like this this felt right like you knew you found your thing and you wanted to make a difference it was blazing your trail. And so for you, all of those other paths, be it real estate development or other business startups or other opportunities, those don't matter to you. And I think there's something there for our listeners as well of when when it sticks with you and you feel it and you know, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing then I think that helps you get more tunnel vision and focused on what you what you're trying to do. Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, agree more. The um, yeah, it, it's it's no more evident than in the way that I budget my my life. I en- ended up about I would say about half of my discretionary income goes to the surf park every every year or, or every month, and uh, I get guys asking 
like basically like why it's, isn't that an endless money pit? And for me, it's not. Uh, it, there's not a choice, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah. yeah, this is just this is what needs to happen in order for this project to move to the next step. This is what has to happen. And so, um, yeah, seeing it really black and white like that has helped me keep those those blinders on. It's it's everything basically at the expense of moving this project forward. Almost everything. <laughs> Not yeah. quite everything. No, that's uh I love that all in mentality of just I'm I'm committed to doing this. The personal buy in too is is huge. And I'm sure that that goes a long way as you're, when you do have those meetings with potential investors that this isn't, uh, you're not putting all the risk on, on just other people you've, uh, you've dedicated much of the majority of it sounds like your life to seeing this thing through, which yeah, is very, yeah, cool. I'm definitely all in. I, I, when I'm on the craps table, when I have the dice in my hands, I'm betting on myself. So <laughs> this is just one big giant crafts game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, let's jump over here, Joey, to our gold nugget round. And that's how we usually end the show. We ask the same four questions to our guests. And I'm going to dive right in here. A couple of them, ironically, we've talked about today. And and so I might make you uh, give me a few unique answers. But All right. here's, <laughs> here's the first one. We talk a lot about the, the five F's of Abundant Journey. And so I just want you to pick one of these categories and and tell us how you're working at getting better or growing in these areas. So we got family, faith, fitness, finance, and future. So again, we've talked a lot about future goals, right? But family, faith, fitness, finance, future. Tell us one of these you're working on improving. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll I'll stick with the F fitness um, because I I do believe that I I've been going to the rock climbing gym a few times a week. Um, yeah, transitioning from calisthenics to rock climbing is interesting. My little fingers are dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, I'm also a little heavy to be on that wall. Um, but the reason why I really chose that F is um, the the some of the best advice I can give for new entrepreneurs is your work life is going to be incredibly hectic, and it's going to be you're going to be putting out a new fire every day that you have no idea what it's going to be like. And so my advice to them is uh, set up the rest of your life pretty routine. Um, I mean, this is this is kind of a, a um, Mark Zuckerberg wearing the same outfit every day. Um, I think Tim Cook does that too. Um, but having a disciplined routine allows allows you to that's your time to switch off um, and go on on autopilot and and reset whatever stressful thing happened in, in your entrepreneurial world. Um, so yeah, I, I can't stress, uh, setting up your, the rest of your life pretty structured. So, so the major part of your life can go unstructured. Good. Yeah, no, I love that. That's a great answer. Next one here. What's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you along your journey? Uh, so the Lawrence family motto, uh, we're not we're not big people. None of us have clipped the six foot mark. So my dad, his uh, quote to us all 
always was it's not the size of the dog in the fight it's the size of the fight in the dog and that's so good. yeah that's uh yeah that's 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 why I'm still going to be honest is because I just got more fight in me um yeah. Yeah. and so yeah it's I hope I hope I don't have to <laughs> to give up on it ever but but um but yeah as long as I got fight in me I'll be chasing it that's so good. Nick, how many times have we heard other entrepreneurs on the show just talk about how much heart and how much you have to give in order to, to chase your dreams in it more than more than people realize. So no, I, I love that. Ditto. <laughs> I will ditto <laughs> those remarks. Yeah. Yeah. Next next one here. What's a dream or goal that you have that you've not been able to make happen yet? I'm not gonna let you use Surf Park. So give us just another fun one. Okay, this is going to sound very silly and very small, but I desperately want to build a fence at my house, and that way I can get more dogs. Nice. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. It's, that's, that's, my, that's my immediate future goal is to put up a fence so I can – I love dogs with all my heart. At the, at the, uh, even at the surf park, we have a little area for an off-leash dog park. Oh, um, cool. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah. Bring all your friends. Um, but yeah, no. I just uh, go rescue as many dogs down at the Yakima shelter as I can. Give them a good cool. life. Yeah, simple. That's cool, man. No, that's, that's I love that one. Last one here. At the end of your life, what do you hope you'll be remembered for? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that one. I would probably, to be honest. I'd probably say nothing. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think, I think some of the pursuits of, uh, immortality are what has made this world so effed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate the simplicity there of, uh, just be dedicated just, to. Just put me in the decompost bin and let me grow into a tree. That's all I want. <laughs> Work hard in the time that you have. Build the thing that you're, you you dream of and that you know will be good. And uh, yeah, I'm really ex- a, leave nothing but footprints. Take nothing but memories. There's some like live, laugh, love, cheesy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cheesy saying I, that they have about vacations. Yeah, I think I saw that on a sign at uh, the craft store that I went to with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with my wife. Next time I'm there, I'll pick it up for you. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll add it to the backward mall there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> No, that's awesome, uh, Joey. This is uh, this is fantastic. I, I really am excited about the Barreled Surf Park and the vision and dream that you've got there. Excited about the progress that you've already made, and um, I'm really hopeful um, that you'll be able to pull it all together because it does sound like an amazing thing. I'd love to go. Um, it, it, so I, I look forward to the grand opening. You got to let us know when that uh, happens. Um, hey, you guys will get invited to the soft opening. Ooh, if right and when. yeah, absolutely. Well, um, for folks that want to learn more, that want to connect with you, that may have either themselves personally or some folks in their network that this just resonates, what is the best way for folks to either follow along or get in touch with you personally? Yeah, so a uh, few different ways. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at Surf uh, S-U-R-F-B-A-R-R-E-L-E-D. 
Uh, we've also got a website, uh, surfbarrel.com. Uh, you can send an email through the website. I'm the one that monitors the inbox. Uh, or you can shoot me an email. It's uh, joey at surfbarrel.com. And like I said, I'm on the hunt for investors. So if anybody has any ideas, I've sent emails to Eddie Vedder and Pete Carroll and all sorts of people. Um, I will chase any lead. Cool. That's awesome. Well, we will include links to um, your social media pages as well as to the surfbarrel.com and your email in the show notes. So listeners, do check that out. Um, while you're in the show notes, also be sure to click that five-star review button. And uh, if you want to type a few kind words, we won't stop you from doing that either. <laughs> and then uh, you can go to AbundantJourney.net to keep up with all the latest happenings. We've got a, a newsletter that we recently revamped. And so if you you're not receiving that you probably should and so you can click the link at the top of the page there and, and make sure that you're on the, the newsletter uh what do you list that's what it is um joey again thank you so much for your time this is absolutely fantastic love what you're doing love the journey that you're on and the encouragement um, that you've got for folks that either wanting to follow their dreams um as well as just uh you know the the opportunity for others to come alongside and help you realize yours. So everybody, thanks. This has been great. Look forward to being back again soon. See you next time. Thank you guys.